Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. The book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, is what we're looking at this morning. And the title of the message is A Biblical View of Thanksgiving. A Biblical View of Thanksgiving. Now, the holiday, Thanksgiving, here, at least in the United States of America, is something set aside uh, in November that we celebrate each year. And you'll not find that exact holiday in the scriptures. It's not a scriptural holiday, but you'll find the biblical principle of thanksgiving running throughout the entire Bible of how we're to give thanks unto God and and thank the Lord for what we have. Uh, You know, the book of Psalms, you'll find uh, all sorts of Psalms talking about thanksgiving and the importance of thanking the Lord. And so I do think it's good to set aside a day to thank God, but that doesn't mean we can't thank God on any of the other days. We should be grateful to God uh, at all times. Uh, Thank Him for salvation and all the blessings He has given to us. But today, uh, I want to take time to examine this passage just a little bit and let us see the the encouragement we find here on Thanksgiving, on giving thanks unto the Lord. Now, they had a a holy day. They had a day set aside. Now, their day was set aside as they read the law and they read the scriptures to the people. And uh, as we've read here, the people were just broken. I mean, they were weeping. Uh, because of what was read, what they heard, and God got hold of their hearts. But we find here that they were encouraged to go home, and they were encouraged to to go forward and to give thanks. And that's what we're going to talk about here this morning, uh, a biblical view of thanksgiving. I have three thoughts I want to share with you if you take notes. Uh, I'm going to just look at these real quick this morning. We're going to talk about being grateful. Uh, Be grateful. Be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for what God has blessed you with. In the second, we're going to see that we ought to be generous with what we have. If God's blessed you uh, and you can help somebody else in some way, then you should be willing to help someone else uh, with the blessings that God has given unto you. And then thirdly, we're going to talk about being glad. Be glad with what God has given unto you. Uh, Our main text this morning is in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. I'll read it again. He said, Then he said unto them, Go your way. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's your strength. So let's start here. Let's talk about being grateful. Uh, There were spiritual blessings in this passage. And the spiritual blessings in this passage was the reading of the Word of God, the law of the Lord. That was the spiritual blessings that they received. But they also had physical blessings that were mentioned. So I'm going to get into this this morning. The people here had gathered to hear the Word of God, to hear it read so they could have it, they could know it. Uh, And it's interesting here, the Bible indicates that this was something they wanted to do. They had a desire in their heart to go and listen to the Word of God read. It wasn't something they were compelled to do or commanded to do. This was a desire to know God's Word. And the Word was read from morning to midday. That tells you it had to be a desire. They were willing to go there and listen to the Word of God being read from sunrise to noon. That's about a six-hour period that they're listening to God's Word. Uh, That's a desire, a hunger for the Word of God. You know, that's something that I hope you have. Not necessarily that you're willing to come here for six hours and listen to me preach, but you have a hunger for the Word of God, a desire to know it, uh, to read it, and to see what God has to say from His Word. And that's what they had here. They had this, this hunger. And so they listened, and the Bible tells us the reaction was that they wept. You'll notice here, it tells us in uh, chapter 8, 
uh, that here in verse 9, it says, For all the people wept when they heard the word of the law. So here we have these people, they're gathered together, and all of a sudden they listen to the word, and, and you find these tears start flowing. Uh, bitter tears probably of discouragement, maybe of fear. Because they're now hearing what God has to say, probably finding out, oh, I haven't been living that way. They're probably finding out that God is serious about his word and direction, and uh-oh, if I've been breaking that, then what are the consequences? You see, something happens when the Word of God is read, and, read, and whether it's preached or read, I think the Word of God can stir hearts. I still believe it stirs hearts today. I believe we need to preach it. We need to teach it. Uh, we don't need to rewrite it. We just need to reread it and get in the Word of God. Because it's the Word of God that has the power to direct us and to change our lives. And we find here that they began to weep. I think it's because they were affected by God's Word. Have you ever read something that just grabbed hold of your heart? You know, it's amazing how God can give us something from the Bible when we need it. I don't know how many times I've read a chapter in the Bible where I've read it before, but because of my circumstances, God has taken that chapter and made it real to me. I'll give you one example. I remember reading uh, chapters about parenting years back. I thought, oh, that's good. But now that I have children, it means a whole lot more to me now uh, than it did before. You see, God's Word, as we grow, God's Word can mean so much more to us. And so, I encourage you to be in the Word of God. And here's a few thoughts on reading the Word of God. Uh, Well, I guess just start there. Read it. Just read it. Take time to read the Word of God. Uh, Even if it's just going from beginning to end, uh, once you read the Word of God. But also, take time to study it. Study it. Think on it a bit more. Uh, You can do that through your Bible classes or through other studies that you may have. Study the Word of God. Uh, Memorize it. You know, memorizing the Word of God is not just for children at Bible school and other activities. It's for all people. We should memorize the Word of God. Uh, David challenged uh, or understood this. You know, he hid the Word of God in his heart, so he might not sin against thee, is what David said. So hide God's Word in your heart. uh, And then also meditate on it. Think about God's Word. Think it over. The word meditate in the Bible, when you find it, means to think over something. It's not to clear the brain. Uh, God wants us to think over His Word. Think over it every single day. Think on things. Let it work in your heart and let it uh, guide and direct your life. And that's the last one. How about you? Or second to last one. Obey it. Uh, once you read it, study it, memorize it, obey it. Live by God's Word. And then the last one is how about you share the Word of God. Share it with someone else so they can be blessed as well. So that's the spiritual food. This morning, uh, I am grateful for God's Word. I don't know about you, but I am thankful that we have the Bible. I am so grateful. You know, when you look back through history... We are blessed, loved ones. We are so blessed to have the Bible. Uh, You know, there have been generations where people, I mean, they didn't have it. Or if they had it, they couldn't read it. They had to have someone else read it to them. Uh, Missionaries have taken the scriptures through the world. Praise God for the Word of God. Uh, You know, if we're not careful, we can take it for granted. Probably because it's so, so accessible to us. Uh, we all have hard copies. I don't know how many hard copies I have. I have several. You know, as a pastor, I have copies given to me through the years. But you have it digitally, maybe, on your phone, your computer, your tablet, whatever else you use. Uh, you can even listen to it audibly now. You see, God's Word is there. We have it. Let's thank God for it. And let's read it and let it work in our heart. And so, we find here, that was important to them. And that's something I think we can be grateful for. Uh, secondly, how about the physical blessings? Notice, uh, that's what we get into here. He says in verse 10, he says, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet. Uh, and preparing this, I discover that that phrase is referring to a feast. 
according to Dr. Gill in his commentary, he said that phrase refers to a feast. Eat the fat and drink the sweet is referring to not just going and making yourself a quick sandwich or something quick and fast, but having a feast, a celebration. And so Nehemiah directed the people to go home and have a feast. This afternoon, we're going to have a feast. Thursday, you may have a feast somewhere, something planned where you're going to get together and have a feast. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's nothing wrong. We find in the scriptures that they were encouraged to go do this. There's nothing wrong with getting with family and with friends and having a sit-down feast. You know, I do think that this is my opinion now, okay? I'll just give you my opinion. I think part of our fast-paced culture has hurt families because we don't gather like some families had in the past, around a dinner table or around a lunch. Now, I know it's difficult, but folks, we have to make sure we're still getting together and fellowshipping. And that's something, if nothing else, on Thursday you can do. You can get together with family, friends, and you can have a time of fellowship. And so they were encouraged to go back home and to have a feast. And that's something that they were to do. I think this morning, this reminds us of being grateful for what we have, our physical blessings. If you can have a meal, thank God for it. You can have a feast, thank God for that feast. You see, those are blessings that God has given to you. Those are your blessings. And those are something that you can say, thank you, Lord, for giving this to me. And God's provided that for you. And so what we find here is they were to go home. They were to make a meal and enjoy the fellowship with family. Another thought, thank those that you can get together with. If you have family, if you have friends, and you get together with them, thank God. For that time that you have together. You see, it's a time you can fellowship. And that's what we have here, is they were directed to go home and have this feast. And so God has been gracious. Well, He's gracious to them. And God has been gracious to us, I imagine, as far as blessing us with the ability to sit down and have a feast. This afternoon, we should thank God for that ability. Now this morning, let's go on to the next one here. This is where I want to get into a little bit more of what we find in this passage. It says, next, we need to be generous with what we have. Generous with what we have. Notice what he says here in verse 10. He tells them to go home, drink the, eat. He says, eat the fat, drink the sweet. And he says, and then send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. Okay, so he says, go home and enjoy what God has blessed you with. But don't forget about those people who have nothing. Don't forget about those people who are struggling. Don't forget about those people who, who are without. If God's blessed you, then you can be a blessing to someone else. And that's what we find here. And that's the challenge for us, is to be generous with what we have. And so two thoughts I'll give to you. Uh, To be generous, you have to consider others. That's to start there. Uh, You know, most reasons why we don't share something with other people is because we just don't think about it. It's either because we're too busy with our own lives or just selfish sometimes. We don't think of others. We don't pay attention to, to the needs someone else might have. And so... We don't help out or we don't look to help. Now that can happen in relationships. That can happen with families. That can just happen in life in general. So we need to consider others. That's what I want to talk first here about consider others. Notice uh, in this passage he says that they were to send portions to them who had nothing prepared. They were to look about or, or consider others who, who had nothing to eat maybe. Who could not have a feast. Maybe they couldn't afford it. Or they were unable to, to do that. So to consider others you have to pay attention to people. Pay attention to people. And when you pay attention to people, you might find someone you can be a blessing to. You might find someone that you can help out. And in the process, we've got to make sure we do this with humility, all right? Make sure this is not a pride issue. 
It's not, I'm better than you, so I'm going to help you out. It's, God has blessed me, so I want to help you out. See, it's humility, helping others uh, that are in need. Let me give you a few thoughts on this, okay? There are hardworking people that have lost jobs. Just because someone loses a job doesn't mean they're not, they're not hardworking. I know people who worked hard and lost a job. I know people who did all the right things and didn't receive a promotion or even lost a job. See, so we've got to understand that sometimes people fall in difficult times. Not because they produced it themselves. It's just part of life. And if we can help them, we can help them. We should help them out. Uh, also, in the process, be grateful that you can help somebody. Be grateful that God's blessed you with that ability. That you can be a blessing to someone else. And maybe this morning, here's the challenge. Maybe someone, God's put someone on your heart here today that you can help. Maybe you can help somebody in some way and be a blessing to them this year. Here, here's the second one. How about you? we have to care for others? You know, if you're going to help somebody, it's got to go farther than just consideration. Okay? Here, here's, here's what it amounts to. When you consider someone, you think on them. When you care for somebody, you act upon that thinking. Okay? You go a step further and you say, yes, they need help. Uh, you know, we can look at someone and say, they need help. Maybe the next person will help them out. Or you can look upon them and say, they need help. Maybe I can help them out. And that's what we have to do secondly. We have to care for others. That's action. And you say, well, how can this be done? Let me give you a few thoughts on this. Uh, you can help the hurting. See, it's not always with finances. It's not always with food. Now, it could be those ways. But it could just be helping someone who's hurting. Uh, it's interesting. We live in a day and age where uh, I guess you would call it the social you know, social media is everywhere. Okay, and I'm not going to have a message on that. But we talk about the social media and we have opportunities to reach out to people in so many different ways, yet people are also so discouraged and lonely in our world today. There's a lot of isolation in our world. Uh, you know, I've seen this, and I imagine you have too. I've seen people walking down the street in groups, you know, two or three of them, and they're not talking to each other, they're all on their phone. You know, I don't know what they're doing, and they're probably not doing anything bad, but here they are in a group, but they're not even communicating with each other. I've seen it at tables, too, when I go out to dinner sometimes. Now, there's nothing wrong with phones or having that technology, but, folks, I tell you, it's easy, easy to become isolated in this world with all that we have. It's easy just to, to withdraw. And as Christians, I tell you, we need to consider others and care for others. And there may be someone that you can be a blessing, someone who's hurting, who you can help out. Whether it's just an encouraging word, maybe it's sending a text, say I'm praying for you. Maybe it's an email, let them know that you, you hope they have a wonderful Thanksgiving or whatever the case may be. Uh, maybe you want to do it the old-fashioned way and just write a letter and send it out. Uh, whatever the case may be, we can encourage people. Someone who's hurting, if you know they're hurting, you don't have to meddle in their problems to be an encouragement. You can just be a blessing unto them. And that's, that's one way we can help somebody out. Uh, we can also lift the fallen. Maybe you know somebody that's made a mistake in life. Maybe you know somebody that's stumbled along the way. Well, you know what the world says? The world probably says, well, kick them while they're down. Well, they deserved it. Well, maybe they did deserve it. But you know what? We're not to judge others as far as their conduct and the mistakes that they've made, God will take care of them. I think we're to help them out if we can. We're to encourage them. If they're Christians and they made a mistake, let's encourage them to get their hearts right with God so they can be blessed again. If there's someone in the world and they've made a mistake, let's let them know that there's a Savior who forgives sin and will bless them. See, that's how we're to, to help people. We're to care for others and help the hurting. We can strengthen the weak as well. Those that, that may be weak, you can strengthen them. So here we, here's what we have. In this passage, they were to send food 
to those that were without. And maybe that's something you can do. If you have food, you can send it to those without. Or you can just be a blessing to someone uh, in another way. Let me give an illustration this morning of how just wanting to get involved, being generous, can change lives. Uh, And this is a, a story told by the late pastor, Dr. George W. Truitt, pastored many years through Texas, but also had a traveling ministry for many years. And he went, uh, he was invited to preach at a church who was having their building dedication. They had purchased a building, they were in the process of paying it off. And so he was invited to be the main speaker. So he went down there and uh, he got there to preach and he found out 10 minutes before the service, they told him, that the building hadn't been paid off. Uh, he didn't know that before he arrived, but he found out that they had planned this year uh, in advance, and they had had this all set up, and they went by faith. And he found out that they, they still owed $6,500. Today, that may not be as much as it was in the 1920s when he went there. And so they owed this money on the building, and it was due that next day. Well, the way he put it, he said they looked at him, and they expected him to be the one who raised that that morning at the service. And so he said, well, I don't know what I can do. He goes, but I'll preach. And so he got up, he preached the message, uh, and afterwards, here's, uh, here's what he said. He uh, looked at the congregation, and he said this. After he preached his message and had the invitation, he said, uh, these men, and he referred to the men of his church, he said, they bid me to tell you that you must give $6,500 in cash, which is all due tomorrow. And then he looked, he said, will you provide it? He sat down and they took up an offering. The way he said it, he said he just saw a few hands, give things. He couldn't tell how much was being given, but he, he knew it wasn't much. They went back, they waited for them to count, they counted the money, they came back out and uh, they told them they had raised $3,000. They owed 6500 so they didn't even make half of it. Uh, of course, it was quiet, people looking around like, what are we going to do? And uh, Dr. Truett stood up and he went to the pulpit and he looked. Here's what he said, he said... He said, uh, what do you expect of me? He said, I'm your guest. He said, I don't happen to have $3,500. Or he said, or else I'd give it to you. He said, I don't know what to do. And he said, I got quiet. He said, then a lady stood up. About three or four rows back, she stood up. She looked forward. Her husband is up front, one of the men who counted the money. And she said, Charlie, you know, yesterday we just got a bid on our house that we paid off for $3,500. I think we could sell that. We've been set free. We could sell that. We can find a smaller place so that God's house can be paid off. Dr. Truett said, he goes, I was just stunned. He said, the whole place was quiet. He said, Charlie looked and said, you know, I think you're right. God's been working in my heart too. He said, after about 20 seconds of silence, he said, he started hearing noises throughout the congregation. He said, as people began crying, there were people that were weeping. He said, and there were even men that began to sob. He said, one man stood up and said, Charlie, you don't have to sell your house. He said, I can give something. Dr. Truett said within 15 minutes, he said, they raised well over $6,000. He said, people had stood up all over and said, I can give. You don't have to sell your house. I can give. And not only that, he said, people began to come down the, the, the aisle and began to dedicate their hearts to God. He said, a revival broke out that morning. And he said, and it began with a, a couple who was willing just to give what they had. You see, generosity, you know, who knows how it's going to not only affect someone else, but others that just witness your, your generosity in life. And so if you're able to give, that, that's just the point here. If you're able to give and you know someone needs help, and it, and it could be in, in a, all different ways, just be willing to give. Whether it's your time, your effort, your energies, maybe finances, maybe food, 
Uh, if God's blessed you and you can help someone else out, I encourage you to do so this year. So let's move on here. Let's look at the, the last point. And here's the last one. Be glad with what you have. Be glad with what you have. Uh, and notice he says here, we're in Nehemiah chapter 8. And he says here in verse 10, he says, For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to talk about the source of joy and then the strength uh, from that joy. Here's the source. The source of joy is the Lord. He says, the joy of the Lord, he says, is your strength. These people were weeping in the streets. They were broken. They were discouraged. They were dejected. Uh, Hearts were broken. And Nehemiah says, hey, don't, don't weep. Don't grieve. Don't be vexed over what you've heard or what's going on. Go home and rejoice. The Lord is your joy. The Lord is your strength. You see, they were convicted of their sin. They are probably convicted of their error. And basically, he's saying, God will take care of that. You know, uh, my thought on this, how does God take care of that? Well, obviously, I'll begin with the understanding of sin. See, they were broken because of sin. Because they understood the law of the Lord. I think the more you read of the Bible, the more you we will realize our need for God. And that's what I think they realized, their need for God in their life. And when you think about the Bible, you know the Bible tells us uh, a few things. One, it tells us we're all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not just uh, one or two or three or four, but all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It also tells us that we must repent. Repent and believe on Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, that word repent is important. Uh, you know, it's a change of mind. Uh, basically, to, to be saved, you have to have a change of mind towards sin. You've got to understand that sin is evil. That sin is sin. Uh, that's part of the problem that many have, is they just don't understand that sin is wicked before God. And then you have a change of mind towards yourself even. You begin to say, you know what, I'm a sinner. It's easy to look at someone else and say, they're a sinner. Look at all their faults. Or, or he's a sinner, or she's a sinner. But then you change your mind about yourself. You say, you know what, I'm a sinner. I have sinned against God. And then you change your mind about God. In other words, you say, God is now my need. He's not the one that I'm opposed to. He's the one that I have to seek out. You repent of your sin. You seek God. And you seek God through Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you repent and then you believe on Jesus Christ. To repent is just to turn a change of mind towards God, accepting Him as your Savior, receive Christ into your heart. Uh, this morning, I, I hope and pray you're saved. Okay, uh, So you can, if you're saved, you can be grateful for that. Uh, I don't know what else is going on in your life, but I can tell you you can be grateful for salvation if you're saved here this morning. But if you're not saved, that's something you can settle. You can settle that today. You can, you can repent and receive Christ as your Savior this morning. Uh, here in a moment, we'll have an invitation. If anyone has any questions, you can come forward and we'll, we'll answer those questions from the Bible to show you what salvation is. But here we find that the source of joy is in God. And that's where, where it begins, is with the relationship with God. And once someone is saved, they got that relationship. And God will begin to answer the problems or begin to heal the heart, begin working. But here's what we find. They're to find their joy in the Lord. Uh, you know, we can look for joy in all sorts of different places. That's what Solomon did in the book of Ecclesiastes. He searched the world for fulfillment. He tried to find peace and joy uh, and wisdom and pleasures of the world and everything else. And he, he just came up empty. And the same will happen to anyone else who tries the same. The joy of the Lord is only found in God. And God, when he gives that joy, he's also going to give peace. He's going to give contentment. Uh, he's going to give direction. He's just going to bless your life with what he has. And so this morning, I hope you have the joy of the Lord. And that's what they were to seek. That's what they are to, to go after. 
And that's the source of joy. Now, here's the strength of joy. The strength of joy. He says here in our passage, it's an interesting way, the way he phrases it. He says, for the joy of the Lord, he says, is your strength. It's your strength. Not just your peace, not just your contentment, but it's also your strength. Now, we need strength, right, to go forward. We need strength to live for God. Uh, Some days we need a lot of strength to get through. And so he says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, It's strength that gives us the ability to live. Now, why is this? Why is this? It's because with God, all things are possible. That's why. With God, all things are possible. Uh, I can tell you this morning, your circumstances... Uh, I don't want to belittle any of your circumstances because they're probably, if they're yours, they're real. But your circumstances are not too difficult for God to deal with. That's what I want to share with you. If they're yours, they're real, but they're not too difficult for God to to deal with. They're not too puzzling for God to figure out. You know, sometimes that can happen too. We're in a situation that we just, we're puzzled by it. Well, God's not puzzled by it. He can get you through it. And they're not too puzzling for God to work. And that's why we need to trust in the Lord. Find His strength. Uh, also, another one, you're hurt this morning. Whatever, If you have a hurt of any kind, a burden, it's not too great for God to heal or to help you with. God, God can give you comfort. God can give you peace. God can provide contentment. It, it, God can give you the joy in your heart. Without even changing your circumstances, God can give you that joy. And that's the encouragement we find here. So your hurt is not too great for God to help out and to heal. Also, your sin is not too terrible to be forgiven of. And that happens sometimes. There are some who say, uh, I can't get right with God. You don't know what I've done. Well, I don't need to know what you've done. God does. He knows. God can also forgive you of your sin. You see, your sin is not too great for God to forgive. Even as a Christian, if you've made a mistake after you're saved. Uh, what's it say First John? We confess our sin. He's faithful and just to Forgive us our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, God is a forgiving God. And if you've made a mistake, seek His forgiveness. God will forgive you. Uh, Your sin or your mistake is not too great for God to forgive. And so I encourage you just to seek the Lord out. And and when you find that strength, that's where you can live. You live in God's strength. And I think that's the point here. He wanted them to go back home. And if you notice, He wanted them to live. He didn't want them to go home and hide themselves in their houses. He didn't want them to go home and just mope around. He wanted them to go home and rejoice. It was the Lord's Day. It was a holy day. He wanted them to go home and celebrate, rejoice, help out others, go forward and to live life, to be glad. He said, don't sorrow over what's happened. Be glad in the Lord. Uh, You know, in this world today, there are a lot of things that can cause sorrow. A lot of things that can vex our heart. A lot of things that can trouble us. A lot of things that can discourage us. A lot of things that can even lead to... What we would call depression. God doesn't want us to live like that. God wants to give us strength. And God wants to provide joy in your heart here this morning. And He can. He can do that for anybody. We must look to Him. And that's what we find here. That they were to look to God and they were to trust Him. So in closing this morning, here's my my closing thoughts. This is your choice. Okay, We've talked about Thanksgiving here. Uh, for the biblical view of Thanksgiving. And there were three thoughts. Be grateful, be generous, and be glad. Uh, I want to challenge you with this in closing. You have to choose to do these things. you got to choose. You know, they could have rebelled. They could have said, no, nah, we're going to stay here. We're not going to go home. We're not going to have a feast. I want to mope around. I want to do this. They could have done their own thing. And you can do the same this morning. So here's the challenge. Be grateful for what you have. Don't be ungrateful. 
Don't be ungrateful. Give thanks unto God every day. One of the things I have found in my life is when God blesses me, I try to give thanks immediately. Because I know if I don't, I might forget to give thanks. And I neglect that. So when God gives you a blessing, if He brings a blessing in your life or something else, thank Him immediately. You may not have time to stop and get on your knees, but you can thank Him in your heart. Thank Him for getting you through a problem. Thank you for protecting you out in traffic. I've got to do that a lot when I drive. Thank you for watching over you. Thank you for giving this blessing or that blessing. You see, thank God immediately. Just give thanks unto the Lord. Just choose to be grateful. Secondly, choose to be generous. This is something that you must choose as well. You know, we can be selfish. It's easy to, to hold on to things. It's easy just to think about ourselves, And we can become selfish. We can become stingy. But we must choose to be generous. Uh, that's, uh, I think, something we see even all the way. Uh, that's, that's human nature, right? Uh, you go to the nursery and you have children in the nursery. You've got to teach them how to share. You don't have to teach them how to take and keep. You've got to teach them how to share. Well, even as we age and as we mature, we must still continue working on being generous. Helping others when we get a chance. And do it from a heart of humility. So choose to do that. Here's the third one. You've got to choose to be glad. Choose to be glad. Uh, you know, you can be sad or discouraged. You can choose to mope around. You can choose to think of all the, the terrible things in life. Or, or here's the other way. You can count your blessings. You can count your blessings. I like that song. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Uh, you know, when you count your blessings, first off, I think, uh, at least I find, I have a whole lot to be grateful for. When I've been counting my blessings. Uh, you know, I have a lot more to be grateful for than I do to be ungrateful for or to be upset over. So you begin to count your blessings. You're reminded of how good God has been. Uh, also, when you count your blessings, at least I have found when I count my blessings, I've also uh, tend to notice when I count blessings, I, I, I think on God more than I do myself. Because I began to recall that it's God who's blessed me, not me. And my focus is on the Lord. Not on myself. And then that takes away the selfish attitude. So when we count our blessings, we are looking unto God and giving thanks unto Him. So this morning, I encourage you to be grateful this Thanksgiving. Be generous if the Lord's blessed you. And finally, be glad for what God has given unto you. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.